Hello, friends. Have you noticed that you can get caught up in consuming content? Or maybe you notice you are hyper, hyper focused on the doing. Empaths, we often consume. And I know because that was me too, soaking up information from all my favorite teachers and mentors. But it wasn't until I started focusing more on the being and embodiment work that the door to massive clarity was finally unlocked. And I no longer got confused about what was my energy versus everybody else's. I was able to become a more clear channel for creation and as a result, transform my life, business, and health. In fact, my meditation and embodiment practice is what helped me have a nearly $40,000 month this past January, see the highest downloaded month of the podcast, and finally release a lot of unnecessary stress. And my clients felt it and saw it in their lives too. It wasn't reading more articles. It wasn't doing more busy work. So I'm inviting you to graduate from the spongy empath consumer into the self-activated sovereign healer. You can take your podcast listening experience from, ooh, I feel seen, heard, and inspired to, holy shit, I actually feel different. My being has shifted. I am the embodiment of the woman I desire to be. The Third Eye Collective is a simple way to upgrade your experience and commit not only to a meditation practice that complements your healing, but also receive personalized coaching so you can be clear on what direct actions to implement into your highest goals. There are two simple ways to get involved at $11 or $22 a month with no commitment. So if this is calling your name, join this amazing and growing community. My chronic illness has in breaking me down, in making me sick, and putting me through all this crap that I've been through and that I still go through sometimes, mm-hmm. it has unraveled what I am not mm-hmm. and is bringing me to who I'm supposed to be. And I truly 1000% believe that. It's showing me who I am at my core and just kind of taking away everything else that I don't need. Welcome to the Healing Uncensored podcast. My name is Sarah Small, and I'm a health and mindset coach for women with autoimmune disease just like you. I absolutely love helping you tap into your self-healing power, uncover the energetic side of healing, and release limiting beliefs around your body and your life. Think of this podcast as everything you wouldn't hear at your doctor's office. It's a place for empowered souls to move beyond food and heal themselves on a soul level. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Now let's begin. Welcome to the show. Today's episode is an interview with Courtney Mayorino. She is a certified health coach and co-founder of The Thrive Effect, a health coaching practice that empowers people who live with chronic illnesses to be healthy in mind, body, and spirit. On today's show, you're going to hear Courtney and I talk about the importance of mindset. We're going to talk about Crohn's disease, We are going to talk about chocolate tarot cards and some of the things that piss us the F off. So can't wait for you guys to hear this. Let's dive in. Hi, Courtney. Welcome to the show. 
Hi, Sarah. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. And this is our first time actually chatting with each other. So I'm really excited to also learn more about you during our conversation. So I just wanted to get started and go like way back and have you just tell us like, what was your childhood like? You have a twin, right? I do. Yeah. What was growing up like? like what does little Courtney look like? Oh man, um, my childhood was great. My parents are fantastic people. Um, I did grow up with a twin. Well, I have a twin. We'll put it yeah. that way. Mm -hmm. Christina, she's amazing. Um, it's good. It was great. I mean, it was your typical quintessential, like quote unquote normal childhood. Um, I was quote unquote healthy. I had no health issues. I mean, I and my sister both, we were premature at birth. Um, born 12 weeks early. So we had a lot of complications very, very early on. And then there was obviously a large chunk of time where we didn't have any perceived issues. We were learning the same and reading well and all of those things, developing the way that a kid should. Um, and then unfortunately, I don't think that people who are born that early with that traumatic of a coming into the world that we had um, can kind of go unscathed. So I started having health issues um, in 2009. Okay. And then Christina had some earlier than that, but nothing super major like mono and yeah. asthma and like ran not random, but like quote unquote random things. Yeah. Um, but the stuff didn't start to hit the fan until about 2009. Okay. Yeah. Where did you guys, where did you grow up? So we grew up in Wyndham, Maine. So for those of you that know Maine, it's kind of its own little world. Um, it's about, I would say about 25 minutes outside of Portland. Mm -hmm. So yeah, kind of not super rural. So not like no electricity, no like, like just potatoes, like not, none of that, but um, kind of near lake area. So that was, that was great. Awesome. Okay, so bring us then to 2009, and what was the diagnosis? How did life change at that point? I honestly, I wasn't even diagnosed in 2000, until 2012. Okay, so those... So I started having symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I started having symptoms then. It was like weird digestive things that I couldn't kind of pinpoint. Yeah. Um, and so we thought it was many things. I thought that it was stress because I was new in college. I thought it was drinking because I was experimenting with alcohol and I wasn't right. a huge drinker in high school. I thought it was eating um, dining hall food because God knows that they make it for the masses and that it's not super great for you. What the hell uh, is in that? <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. They make it bland, it doesn't taste like anything, all that good stuff. Um, so we kind of contributed it, we like blew it off for a long time just because I, I was healthy. I mean, I, I had thought I had nothing to worry about. I thought it was nothing and it would go away. And so had symptoms for a long time. I mean, I, we blew it off for a while and then I came back from the first college that I was studying at to be closer to home because I wasn't feeling that great and I wanted to save money. So came home and 
we figured out that like this isn't going away i don't know what it is but it's not like letting up so we did testing we did um, celiac testing allergy testing other testing um, and the last straw finally in 2012 was a colonoscopy mm -hmm. and it came back that i had according to the like doctors severe moderate to severe crohn's disease and i was diagnosed january 2012. Yeah, I can totally resonate with like being in my like late teens, early 20s and like put, I, I put on like that freshman 10, freshman 15 and yep. drinking a lot and like eating the calf food and yep. it was your first time away from home and you're like trying to figure out how to eat when you're like my mom used to cook dinner for me every single night, right? Yep. And uh so what, at what point did you, like, I think we just tolerate this feeling of like being fine and you find all these excuses for like, or hypotheses for why you're not feeling good. Was there any point where you, it sounds like, you know, you did move closer to home, but were, was there any point where you were like, this is not okay. Like I'm sick of being fine and I want to feel good. Um, I don't even think that good was like on my radar at that point. I think when I got to the point where I was honestly in the bathroom after every, like 20 minutes after everything that I ate. Yeah. But I knew that like, obviously I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. Good wasn't on my radar. I just wanted to figure out what the heck it was because this isn't normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell our listeners who don't, don't fully understand Crohn's, um, like what was life like, is life like with Crohn's? So for people that, um, are kind of active so have an active disease um it can be very very debilitating i mean when i tell people that i have crohn's or when i have told people in the past they're like oh i'm sorry and i'm like first of all i don't want your sorry but i appreciate it yeah. and second of all like what people kind of maybe don't know is like there's a lot there's a huge spectrum of how the disease can play out and there are so many factors that kind of go into how people's lives are with diseases like this. Um, for me, when I first got diagnosed, it was bad. I mean, I was on a steroid for a long time. It caused me to not even recognize myself. I mean, I've posted um, a transformation kind of photo on my Instagram a couple of times. And that that wasn't even the worst of my, like, weight gain slash like body image issues um and so the steroids that people are on the medications that people are on can really cause a lot of side effects um weight gain being one of them and that's what i dealt with for a long time um it's also a lot of pain abdominal pain other pain um the disease manifests many ways so joint pain is a common side effect um people have pain pretty much everywhere. It, it just depends on the person, honestly, and how it manifests. Um, but yeah, there's a spectrum of how people live with it and how intense the disease actually is. Yeah, what does life look like today and what are, your, what are some of your favorite tools in your healing toolbox? Life today is actually really good. Um, obviously, I do maintenance check-ins with my GI and make sure that labs are good and if they're not good like figure out ways to bring them down um but for the most part my treatment plan is holistic i mean i've overhauled my diet 
so much many times until I found what worked. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and that's great. The food really helped me not only finally nourish my body in a way that worked for me, but like l made me like love food again because with Crohn's and with inflammatory bowel disease, like as an umbrella also, food is a very, 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 very hard subject for a lot of people. Um, disordered eating is very common, but not talked about. Um, I know I went through periods of that where it was too painful to eat, so I didn't. I wasn't anorexic because it wasn't a consistent thing for me, yeah. but I definitely had disordered tendencies around food because at times it was too painful to eat, yeah. um, and that's pretty common. Now, with the eating style that I have and things that I've implemented, food is like a source of joy, joy again, which is great because it was when I was younger. Um, it's also, more importantly, a source of fuel, and I see it that way more so than joy, which yeah. is super important too. Um, in terms of keeping this disease kind of at bay and con controlled. Um, but what I really love like way, way, way more than just food, even though that's super important and is a super and crucial foundational thing that people with these diseases need to use. Um, I love like energy healing and <laughs> mindset work and all things like quote unquote woo woo crazy. Um, yeah. I've found that food has definitely helped me and the more logical ways of um, approaching healing in terms of like nutrition and things have definitely helped me and I'm grateful for them. But I'm super passionate, intense, attracted to um, mindset work, energy healing. I'm Reiki certified, um, all of those things because I feel like we're doing patients a disservice by not giving them that information as much as we are the food nutritional information. Yeah, definitely. I love, um, well, first of all, we're on the same page as far as being obsessed with the mindset <laughs> and the energy healing. Yeah. And I love, I saw, I think this is like on Instagram. It said, they say it's not woo woo if it works. Right. And so Ooh, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> I love it, right. It's not woo woo if it works. And so many right. Tools that I think you you have utilized, I've utilized as well, and have seen just huge, massive shifts and transformations in my physical body, even though yep. they are not like physical treatments or ailments, right? Um, so more specifically, like mindset, do you have like favorite affirmations? Or do, how do you practice your Reiki? Tell us more about some of these tools. So something that I honestly, I still struggle with today, and I like to be really transparent with Instagram with social media with any chats that I have with people on podcasts or in real life um, even though my life is a thousand million times more healed than it was when I first got diagnosed I still struggle every single day on certain things and so me feeling like I'm good enough is something that I still am working on um, and I feel like if you ask people who have autoimmune disease but also like Crohn's and ulcerative colitis in particular, that's like an, a weird like connection that we all have. We all have that similar like overarching cloud of like not feeling good enough. And I feel like that's somewhat of a connection that brings people together who have these diseases. Mm -hmm. um, so one of my favorite affirmations, it, well, two of them are, I am enough and I am worthy because it's, we're bombarded all day long yeah. um, with things telling us that we're not. 
And yeah. so drilling that and making that sink in is super important in terms of not only healing and living well with illness, but just in life in general. Yeah. They're so simple, but they're so powerful. So yeah. as far as your affirmation practice, are, are you someone who like writes them down once? Do you like do whole pages of affirmations? Do you do a lipstick on your mirror? How do you, how do you practice your affirmations? So when I'm in a public place, um, I write them down. So I bring a book with me everywhere I go. One of my um, coaches and mentors suggested what's called a wisdom journal. So I bring it with me everywhere I go. It's kind of like me being able to like be in public, but also like if I hear something that's interesting, I'll jot it down, my response to it. If I am having a really tough time and I need to refocus my energy, I'll write an affirmation. I just always have a piece of paper with me so I can do with it what I need to at that point in time. Mm -hmm. um, and, but consistently, I love to do them on my way to and from work. Mm -hmm. I know I'm always by myself. I know that no one's really around. People can't really tell what I'm doing. So if you see me on the streets of Portland talking to myself, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a time every single day that I have to myself that I know that I have. Yeah. So I definitely recite them on the way to and from work every single day. Um, I also want to try to record them somehow. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can do that on my phone, but I want to try that and actually put them in my ears yes. because I can say them all day long, but I feel like hearing my own voice say them yeah. is a totally different ball game than me yeah. hearing me speak them. Right. So, okay. Something so that I'm going to try and figure out. I've done that on my iPhone and just used like the little phone rec voice recorder on the iPhone. And yeah. I've done them especially for um, money affirmations, actually. Ooh. And I just read like this list of money affirmations and I kind of forgot that I had done it, honestly, because like, I think someone told me to do it and I was like, what the hell, I'll give it a try. And then I found the recording not that long ago and I played it back and I heard myself say the affirmations and I didn't even recognize my voice at first. I was like, who was on my phone saying these things to me? And yeah. then, but then I listened to it and it like, it brought me to tears. I, it was so, so powerful to hear my own voice saying these things as if they were true. Like I am good enough. I am worthy. I am lovable. I'm not responsible for anyone except for myself. And yep. that like, you just inspired me to go back and do that again, too. I kind of forgot about it. But yeah. it, it's just, like, so powerful to hear your own voice saying those affirmations, not just in real time, but then, yeah, playing back to you as well. Right, like, whenever you need them, you know you have access mm -hmm. to it, which is super yeah, so great. Like, like, some days you're not like, ooh, I'm really inspired to, like, create new affirmations, and you just want to, like, hear this, this, the power of your voice, and, you know, you've already mm -hmm. created them. The work is already done. You just have to sit and, like, be present and listen, so. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. so tell me about the Thrive Effect. This is your brand and business with your sister, Christina. Tell us more. So I was certified as a holistic health coach. I went through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition's program. Yeah. Um, I started in 2014, and I graduated in 2015. Um, I initially did it for myself, I think. I was like, oh, this is awesome, and I really want to learn more, so I'll just do it for myself, because I was kind of in the midst of Crohn stuff that I didn't really know how to deal with. So signed up, did the program. It was amazing, and obviously the goal 
for a lot of people going through the program is to cultivate a business or a brand or some way of helping people with nutrition and wellness things, um, either part-time or full-time. So that was my goal when I um, graduated. And so I tried on my own and you know, I'm sure you know that if the right, it's not the right thing, it doesn't usually work out. Yeah. And so tried on my own, tried on my own many, many times between 2015 and about a year ago mm-hmm. and it didn't work out. It just, I wasn't inspired. I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, just, just like a total newbie and I, the universe knew that it just wasn't supposed to be. And so my sister got sick, quote unquote, um, with biotoxin illness, mold exposure. Um, she had been dealing with symptoms for a long time. I think it was like two years or something before she was diagnosed. I'm not sure if her timeline exactly, it kind of blends together. Once you get kind of in the patient-ness of things, even if you're just dealing with one thing, um, stuff just kind of blends together. So I think she was two years or a year and a half prior to her full diagnosis of that by a um, DO. And so when she got diagnosed and she saw firsthand what she'd been seeing me go through for so long, she was like, uh, she was planning to be a physician assistant, which is a very great career for a lot of people. Yeah. But once she saw firsthand what I was going through and the struggles that I had, mm-hmm. she didn't want to do it anymore. And so mm-hmm. she was like, all right, like you have this certification, like I'll go back and get my master's. And that's what she's doing right now. Mm-hmm. She's um, in a master's program at the University of Western States mm-hmm. for human nutrition and functional medicine. and so she's going to be my counterpart to this. And so the Thrive Effect was born about a year ago. Um, we're a slow start, but we're definitely in it for the long haul and hopes to help like change the face of patient care. Um, we truly believe in a mind, body, soul approach to chronic illness treatment. So it's not just labs or surgeries or medications or procedures. It's not just nutrition and like balancing your hormones and all of that scientific logical stuff. It's also how you talk to yourself and how you think and what you, what you say to yourself on a daily basis and how you identify in the world and what do you do for fun? And are you doing something that you like to do? And so we really believe in our hearts that it's not just one piece of the puzzle that heals people and helps them live well with their chronic illness. Um, and so the Thrive Effect is based on that mind, body, soul approach that it all matters. Um, and to be truly fully healthy, we got to find the sweet spot in all of them and work towards kind of the, the holistic approach to helping patients feel better in all areas. Yeah. I love that you said the word fun and that this can be like joyful. It doesn't have to be this like really dreary, like, yeah, there's days that, you know, you said you still have days where you're struggling, uh, you experience symptoms and I, me too, right? Like we're not perfect and this is chronic illness and there's going to be days that we flare, we have the digestive symptoms or whatever. 
but I truly believe that there can still be joy infused into this process. And, and sometimes it does take working with a coach to be able to find that joy. If you're really feeling like you don't know it's, it's hiding and you don't know where to find it. Right. But finding the tools that like easily will start to um, integrate into your, your life and the things that you do love to do, or maybe even then bringing back into your life, some of the things that you lost that you love to do in the past. So what would you want people to know about illness? What would you, if you met some random stranger on the street, what, what would, what do you think you would say to them about, about illness? That it's not a death sentence. That's yeah. not something that has to ruin your life. It's not ruining your life. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I was typing out questions to somebody last night who asked me for some like advice tips or whatever. She's working on a project. And I, she asked me what advice I would give. And I said, in my personal experience, and not every chronic illness patient feels like this. Most of them probably don't. Most of them don't think I'm nuts, but my chronic illness has in breaking me down in making me sick and putting me through all this crap that I've been through and that I still go through sometimes. It has unraveled what I am not mm-hmm. and is bringing me to who I'm supposed to be. And I truly 1000% believe that it's showing me who I am at my core and just kind of taking away everything else that I don't need. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. It's like you clear the clutter and the bullshit out of your yep. life and you yep. make way for your soul's purpose and yeah and now like you and your sister are both like coming together to align for that and started in the womb now we're here seriously seriously I mean it's so funny because as a twin anybody out there who has a twin sibling or friends that are twins you understand what I'm saying when I say that if you're a twin and you have similar circles of friends or similar interests it's easy to get lost in each other and not know who each other like who you are as a person individually. Um, And that has happened to both of us at many times in our lives um, up to this point. But in this whole process of working to help people, we've learned that she's more exercise and food related. And that's just where her heart lies. And while I need to eat well, and I need to learn how to cook or cook better, and I need to move my body every single day in various ways in order to be my best self, that is not exactly where my passion lies. Mm -hmm. And so by coming together and working together, we're definitely going to give clients and people who kind of come in contact with us um, a more holistic approach than if we worked alone. Yeah. I think that that is just that you are, you are the light. And what I mean by that is that you're showing people that there can be wisdom and growth and transformation in diagnosis or, or not diagnosis, right? Like not everyone has a clear diagnosis. You talked about taking three years for you to get the Crohn's diagnosis. And so I just think that it, hopefully everyone listening finds that as inspiration to, to know that there is not only like light at the end of the tunnel, that's kind of corny to say, but like this, this illness has something to teach you and that it can potentially yet just like catapult you on your path and your life's journey and purpose and, and start to make you clear that clutter and bullshit and become really aligned in your life. So 
switching gears from the, the positive and the light for just a second, yeah. what pisses you off that people have either like said to you about chronic illness, autoimmune disease, Crohn disease in general, um, or about like holistic alternative healing, maybe mindset. Have you ever had experiences like that where you're like, dude, like I'm, it pisses me off that people think that or have said that or you've had experience with like a practitioner or something. I've had plenty of experiences with practitioners. Yeah. <laughs> in this exact type of scenario. Yeah. And it, I don't get angry often, um, especially for people that know me in real life now. Like I'm very, I try to be very calm and very pu like put together in my interactions with other people, even if I disagree. Um, but when I first got diagnosed, hmm, no, when I first found out that I had to do Remicade, so I have been on this holistic journey for a decent amount of time, at least in my head. Mm -hmm. And while on my like early days, early year of starting to be holistic, um, I found out that I had to do Remicade. And for listeners that don't know what Remicade is, it's a biologic infusion medication similar to like what a chemotherapy infusion would be. Um, I went to my doctor's office for three hours every eight weeks and got injected with meds. And that was supposed to help me, make me better, keep the disease at bay, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And so at that point in time, when I got that piece of information, um, I was angry and I hadn't adopted the more like learning student kind of perspective, loving that I have right now of my illness. Um, and I told my doctor and the infusion nurse that, you will not see me here long-term. I know this is a long-term thing for most people, but I will not be here for the rest of my life. This, my days are numbered. Like, it's not going to happen. And so I went to my first infusion, and my sister came with me because I was so scared because prior to being a Crohn's patient, I didn't take Tylenol. I didn't take a leave. I was, quote-unquote, healthy. I had nothing wrong. Like, I didn't take meds. It just wasn't something that I did. And so to go from that perspective and to like feel in my own head that I'm having chemo, which is basically what it is. Um, it didn't sit well with me and it was very scary. And so Chris came with me for my first infusion and I sat there and I told my nurse, like, I'm holistic. Like I want to be on no meds. Like this is, this is the path personally that I want to take with this. And she was like, what you eat doesn't matter. She told me that I'll be on meds for the rest of my life. She told me that, like, that none of this works. Like, you're not, like, we're going to see you every eight weeks for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And obviously, like, I'm not going to sit there and argue with you. So every time that I've gotten that answer, which has been many times, I just nod my head and smile. And I keep doing what I'm doing. Because honestly, unfortunately, there is such a gap right now between well-meaning physicians, nurses, practitioners, Western medicine people mm -hmm. that mean well, that want to help their patients, but they just don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And so they only know what they're taught in school. Exactly. They're coming from their own scope of practice. They're doing the best that they can. But when practitioners come up against a patient like me, Mm -hmm. who has a voice, who isn't afraid to use it, who tells them what I'm doing and they come back with that answer, like that, that's not enough for me. I'm not taking that. Yeah. And so 
I decided personally to go off Remicade two and a half years after my first dose. Mm -hmm. And I wrote both my GI and my infusion nurse a really long letter. And I was like, look, like, I know what the risks are. I know what what I'm like, I know the risk that I'm taking with my own body. I know what can potentially happen. And I laid out everything that I do on a daily basis to keep myself in check. Mm-hmm. Meditation, eat well, mm-hmm. all these things. And so they, they know what I'm doing. And if yeah. they don't feel like that's valid and that that works, then that's fine. But it works for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two things. I, I like this question because I think that we are allowed to be angry and we're allowed to be pissed off. And I think so many of us are like, think positive, stay positive. And like, yes, I'm all about freaking mindset and like doing the positive affirmations. But I also believe that like, you're allowed to be pissed off sometimes. It's just a matter of like, whether you carry that, you hold that for weeks and months to come and years to come. Right. And that causes Or you use it to, to push you forward. Like I'm, I get pissed off every single time someone tells me that, but I'm not going to hold on to it and be pissed at them because they don't know. And it's only going to fuel all of us to, to make this actually known and to help people with this stuff. Mm -hmm. Yes. So like, first of all, yes. Amen to that. Number two. Um, I think what you were saying was really beautifully like drawing this, painting this picture of what it looks like to be your own advocate, your own health advocate as a patient. And I think we forget, and maybe some of the people listening have forgotten that like they hire the doctor, right? Like, oh yeah. You are the CEO of your health. And mm-hmm. so do you just have any other, I, I love that you just gave a really practical tip, which was writing a letter to your physician, but do you have any other tips as far as becoming and maintaining yourself as a advocate in your health? Um, I think that one of the top tips that I can give right now that I wish someone gave to me is like, don't be afraid to speak up. Mm -hmm. I know it's hard. I know we're not used to like going against quote unquote, like who's telling us what to do, especially in a doctor's office setting. But like you just said, and like I've seen with all these amazing women on Instagram and social media who are being advocates for themselves in light of chronic illness, like they're, they're working for us. I know that it doesn't seem like that. I know the dynamic is weird. I know we feel intimidated and scared and sad and so many other emotions that we deal with because of this illness stuff. But Mm -hmm. you ultimately have the last say. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the other thing that I want to say is if you feel a nudge to do something, especially related to your illness, your body, your medication regimen, whatever it is, follow it. Mm-hmm. I've made scary, scary, scary fucking decisions in terms of medication many times. Mm-hmm. And some of them haven't worked out, mm-hmm. but most of them have. and. It depends on whether you believe that stuff happens for a reason or whatever it is that you believe, but I believe that stuff happens for a reason. And the times that it didn't work out, I learned my lesson. Mm -hmm. But the times that it did work out, it also reinforced the notion that like, I I know what I'm doing, you know? And Mm -hmm. if I need help from them, I will ask. Mm -hmm. But ultimately like, we have a choice in how we live with this stuff, we do. And I think that reinforcing that in all of our heads is super, super important. 
Yeah. Ah, beautiful. I love it. So you wrote uh, that the, a strong belief in oneself and our ability to help ourselves heal is essential to thriving with a chronic illness or autoimmune disease. And what you were just saying is to me, like I would wrap that up into you listening to your gut instinct and your intuition. You talk a little bit about listening and trusting that intuition because i think we get those little like downloads and feelings and we get fearful right we're like oh no no like i'm i'm not good enough right or people with hashimoto's who might have like a throat chakra block and they're not afraid to speak up to themselves or or um afraid to voice their their truth so how mm -hmm. does intuition play into some of this as well honestly this is another area that I'm working on. Um, I really am really trying as of lately to get quiet and to listen to myself. Um, it's not always in terms of Crohn's or medications or anything as intense as that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's what kind of movement do I want to do today? Or do I like want to, what do I want to share with the world on Instagram today? So it can be as quote unquote shallow, which is not a good word, but for lack of a better one, as that, yeah. or it can be as intense as, I don't really feel like taking Remicade anymore, so what am I gonna do about it? Mm -hmm. And so I think that in either extreme situation, you just need to trust yourself. And it's, it's not as easy as that at all, mm -hmm. but I think that the more that we nudge ourselves to do that, mm -hmm. the easier it gets. So if you do something scary, mm -hmm. follow your intuition, and it doesn't work out okay yeah but the more that you do it and the more times it works out you're gonna get a positive feedback loop in your brain that's like all right like i can do this mm -hmm. and so i think it's just being consistent with listening and then acting and i'm no expert i'm definitely this is something i'm still working on especially yeah. in terms of the impact that christina and i want to make with this so um definitely not an expert, definitely still learning, but I feel like the more that we put ourselves out there and follow the nudges that we get, mm -hmm. the easier it's going to be to be more consistent and to also hear more clearly. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So tell me about your obsession with, is it who or Hugh? Hugh chocolate? Hugh Kitchen. Oh, Hugh Kitchen is my favorite. So um, <laughs> when I, I've been on a really weird roller coaster with food throughout my time as a autoimmune disease patient. Um, uh -huh. I ate meat for a while, I ate dairy for a while, then I didn't, then I went gluten-free, and then I went no sugar because I was so scared that sugar was gonna put me into a, a flare, and then I thought that I had to be 100% perfect in this plant-based, gluten-free, refined, sugar-free lifestyle that I live in order to be off medication. Mm -hmm. And what was that doing? It was causing me more stress, right? Yeah, right. So I now find ways to um, not indulge because I don't think that's the right, right word, but I now find ways to eat things that make me happy on a soul level mm -hmm. in ways that work for me. So I don't go out and eat regular candy or chocolate because it honestly makes me feel like crap. Right. But I will buy chocolate on a semi-normal basis mm -hmm. that I can tolerate. And Hugh Kitchen is one of them. They're a company out of New York City. Mm -hmm. They're vegan, paleo, all kinds of other awesome mm -hmm. 
cool ways of eating right now. All the labels. Um, yeah. yeah, all the cool labels. They're fantastic. Um, and it's one of those brands that I've really found that I can tolerate. And so yeah. because of that, I do eat it mm-hmm. on a semi-often basis. Um, just because food definitely is a way of nourishment and that's my first and foremost my priority in terms of how I use food in my life but I also don't want to be miserable or feel like I'm in a prison in terms of what I eat yeah so Hugh Kitchen is definitely 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 on my list another (laughs) one other thing that I have to shout out here on this podcast um it's not national yet but we're I'm like praying that it will be um Uh it's a plant-based ice cream out of Portland, Maine. So if you're ever in Portland, you need to find Sticky Sweet Maine. So they have amazing ice cream. Um, And so Hugh Kitchen and Sticky Sweet are things that I eat on a semi-normal basis to feed my soul. I mean, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that as long as my body tolerates it. Yeah, right. You found something that your body tolerates and it is not worth the stress of restricting every right. food and only eating five foods, right? That you can count on right. one hand. And then, yeah, all the stress that then your body takes on from that restriction. Awesome. Right. Okay. So also obsession with tarot cards. Tell me more. <laughs> so I'm no, again, I, I think that the um, theme of this is that I'm no expert. I'm <laughs> I'm trying to be really authentic and really honest about where I come from in terms of my life and how I live and how I help people because I don't want to be a guru. I'm not. I'm in this space, in the trenches, just like all of you who are listening who have illness. Um, I've just found some ways that work that could be beneficial. So um, I love tarot cards just for fun. So I have the Wild Unknown deck. It's my favorite yes, deck so far. That that I've so found. beautiful. Yes. And so I just pull when I feel, well, actually I pull every day. Um, but I just, sometimes I pull when I need inspiration or insight. It just helps me. And I know that it's woo-woo, but it works. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things that I've been drawn to. And I'm trying really hard, especially in the last like year or so to not hide those types of things like mm-hmm. I got certified in Reiki in college and I never used I haven't really used it and it's not something that I usually talk about and I think that I don't talk about these things because they're not mainstream but if I can give you guys any tips it's like please please hold on to the parts of yourself that are unique and that things that you love to do regardless of if people accept them or not because Closing yourself off and restricting yourself in those ways too can only make you not feel great. You know what I mean? Like hiding parts of yourself like that just because you don't think that people will accept them or not, it's not going to help you in the long run in terms of living well with your disease. So um, open up, share your truth, share what you love, and those who resonate will find you. That's a beautiful place to end. I love that so much. Some messages to drive home. So Courtney, tell everyone how they can find you. So you can find The Thrive Effect on Facebook and Instagram at The Thrive Effect. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook, Courtney Mayorino. And you can also find my sister, Christina Mayorino on both Instagram and Facebook as well. And please, 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 reach out if you want friends, if you want shoulders to lean on, cry on, vent to, coach with, whatever. Um, We really want to cultivate a community around 
kind of what we're trying to do and how we're trying to help people. So any and all ways we can help you, please reach out. Amazing. So I will link to those in the show notes. So it's super easy for people to click and find you and the Thrive Effect. Super easy Yay. on all the social medias. <laughs> Thank you so much, Courtney, for being here today. It was a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you, Sarah. It was so awesome. I love what you're doing and this podcast, and I'm so excited to share some stuff with your listeners. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. If you loved this episode and want to support the creation of future episodes, please leave a five-star review below. I'd also love to hear from you on social media. Screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram or Facebook at Autoimmune Tribe. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.